Pitt welcomes Virginia Tech to Akershire Stadium today. We'll talk about this game, what Pitt needs to do to win, and why this is the most critical game thus far of the season. It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Nick Fairbaugh. And folks, this is a huge game for Pitt. Pitt now 3-2 and two with that ugly loss to Georgia Tech last week that no one wants to speak of because you know how important that game was to Pitt. And so that loss was so genuinely baffling and such a hard loss to swallow because, listen, we know the aspirations of this Pitt team are to win the Coastal, go to Charlotte again, and go to a good bowl game. Well, that was a huge dent in those plans. Now, Pitt doesn't necessarily have to be perfect from here on out. This is a bad division, and you would imagine they still would have a chance with two losses on their board. But we need to figure out what the identity of this football team is. And that's what it comes down to. First off, right, Pitt specifically comes into this game reeling off one of the worst performances we have seen in recent memory from an offense for the Panthers. That was a team meltdown, too. The defense melted down late when the offense finally started to get going, and they might have had a puncher's chance to still pull back in there and potentially win that game. But let's not talk even about Virginia Tech right now. I just want to focus on Pitt, what they need to do. This game for the Panthers is a changing point. And they need to come out in this one and throw the football down the field. It's as simple as that, folks. If you go back and watch the tape from what Georgia Tech did, and specifically why they shut down Pitt. They loaded their guys up down in the box, and they didn't respect the deep passing game. They dared Pitt to try and throw the ball over top. And that just never happened. It just simply never happened. And so you're going to need to go down the football field in this game against Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech, listen, they're a different team than Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech's a heavily penalized team that plays with a lot of aggressiveness. They're not a very good offense. And you look at their defense and what they allow. If you look at pure passing yards allowed, only 209.4 yards per game. Not a bad mark, but look at... At the explosive plays, the passing yards per completion, they average over 10 yards per completion. This team allows chunk plays through the air. Now, Jaden Bradley had a nice performance to end that game. And you look at Virginia Tech. This is a defense that looks solid on paper. It really does. I mean, they've only allowed 22 points per game. 
thus far, which is not bad. I mean, that's really not bad as a defense to me. I would take that all the time. Their offense has just been historically bad, and we will talk about that. It's going to have to throw this over the top. And, and Georgia Tech is not a team that has come in, and they were not a team that had come in and caused a lot of havoc in the backfield. They did that against Pitt. Virginia Tech's similar, man. Only four turnovers caused. I mean, it's not like they force a ton of turnovers. Just a stingy defense. They have the best third-down defense in the ACC, eighth-best in all of Division One football. Um, so that is really a big thing to see. Pitt needs to stay ahead of the sticks, but they also need to back off the Hokies. The Hokies cannot be allowed to key in on Pitt's run game and key in on just that. Pitt has to back them off. And that's going to be, I think, the blueprint to the future for this Pitt team. I really do. And you look at the struggles of this team and when they've had the opportunities to run the football and do it a little bit better, they've been able to throw the ball down the field. And you look at Western Michigan, I think, as that 100% pure best game. Because they were able to throw the ball down the field. They were able to get chunk plays. And Western Michigan had to respect that and back off. Pitt was then able to run the football into oblivion and pound them uh, in the second half. And that's really the blueprint of what Pitt has to be. They don't have to be a super efficient offense. But if you can be explosive down the football field and open up lanes for your rushing game, that's kind of what it's going to have to be. And you look at Keaton Slovis thus far on passes that went 20 or more yards, 4-14. Not good, right? He hasn't proven to be that great deep ball thrower. Now, in the intermediate game, he's done a really nice job, actually. And he's 15 of 25 there. Um, and, and you like that. That fits the model of, one, the Frank Snay offense, two, what Keaton Slovis is. And that's why this fit did make sense from the jump, because Keaton Slovis was a rhythm passer who's got good ball placement in the middle of the field. And so you felt good about that. I just don't know about this team's capability to throw the ball down the field. They have to do it. They have to come out in this game early on and take shots down the football field. Otherwise, they're not going to open anything up. I think they will end up coming out, guns a-blazing. Let's go throw the ball down the football field because you have to. You have to back off teams. And you have to force them to respect it. They're playing in single high coverage and rolling down the other safety into the box. And the, the linebackers are keen run first. So, okay. Run the ball. Work some play action into it. I'd like to see a bit more play action from this pit team. Slovis is not a complete statue. He can move. He's not a great athlete. He's not no Kenny Pickett, but the man can move a little bit on a rollout. Let him go on the move. Um, let him use some of that functional mobility that he does have, and he has enough to execute stuff like that. And again, Keaton Slovis, man, there are issues with Slovis. <laughs> you know this. We've seen it. He looks like a deer in headlights under pressure at times. Sometimes he doesn't see the field. I still don't think he goes through his progression super well. That's been a thing with Keaton Slovis. 
and you got to throw with anticipation and understand where to go. But Slovis is a guy that just pushes it a little too much or holds the ball on too long. Uh, the internal clock is not there with Keaton Slovis, and that's been a big issue thus far for this pit team. But they're going to have to let the ball air out. They have to. At this point, they have to go down the football field. And so I imagine that's what they're going to come out and do to try and back off Virginia Tech because that's what teams are going to do. They're going to play them up coming into the future. So it's a tough one for Pitt, but that's what they have to do in this game as well because Virginia Tech does allow those explosive plays through the air. All right, folks, I want to keep talking about this and specifically what Pitt will have to do. This episode, though, is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. Folks, there's an emphasis on easy to get started and easy to play while you are watching Pitt play. Listen, folks, you can go in, put in the pick choices for your favorite team or any other team you want. If you want to, you can identify players that you really want to go after. So Keen Slovis is a 227 or more passing yards today. What if I want to take the over on that? And I do, because I think Pitt will get a few explosive plays in this one. Well, you can put that one down. And then if you think Jared Wayne will be the recipient of it and you can go over his 52 and a half, take that as well. But that's all. That's not all you can do, folks. You can go between two and five players. It doesn't just have to be on Pitt, too. So you're feeling Devin Leary maybe showing out or you want to go on the rock chalk type of thing and put on Jalen Daniels, feel free to go do that. Folks, sign up with the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Just deposit $100. You can get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app on the App Store or Google Play Store. Folks, all you have to do is go to Underdog Fantasy, Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On, one word. Again, Locked On, one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action right now. All right, folks, let's keep talking through this game because this game continues to be one that Pitt should win. I mean, we're going to find out today how good Pitt is. And by that, I mean, is this team truly a flash in the pan or was last week just the Western Michigan game, right? right where everything goes wrong and nothing goes right for this Pitt team and Everything kind of just befuddles them. Is that what last week was, or is this the identity? I have four games of prior evidence to think that's not their identity. And also, I will say this. Georgia Tech, we said it last week. Georgia Tech was a really badly coached team, but they definitely weren't devoid of talent. And that was very obvious. Pitt should have won that game, but they were talented. And that's the thing about the ACC is that most teams here, like Virginia Tech, they aren't a great team. They're still a talented enough team, and you got to worry about them. Um, but Pitt, we need to know about. What's this offense really going to be? Are you going to be stuck in the mud? There are so many issues with the offense. It's not just Keaton Slovis. It's not just Frank Zignetti. It's not just the re- receivers. It's not just the O-line. It's not just the fact that Abani Kanda and Hammond and Vincent Davis fumbled twice. It's not just the injuries there. It's not just that. It's everything. You're piling it all up together. The core philosophy of the team was adjusted to late in the game against, against Georgia Tech. Then they started to throw the ball down the field. They did it with efficiency when they probably should have been doing it 
a little bit earlier after seeing that Georgia Tech could stop their run game. I mean, it, it's it's a hard thing to find the balance with because Pitt is, as it stands, in flux offensively. And again, Keaton Slovis has really struggled since coming back from his concussion. His best game was undoubtedly in that Tennessee game. It felt like he was starting to feel a groove after the second half of the WVU game and starting to get into it and starting to really feel a rhythm out for things uh, in this game. But he was just awful against Georgia Tech. I mean, listen, I'm not placing all the blame on him, but he might have been the main problem. He wasn't playing with anticipation. He was missing reads. He wasn't seeing the field well. I mean, that was the biggest thing. He was struggling on multiple levels. It was bad to watch. It was really bad to watch. Keaton Slovis was not good. And then Frank Signetti did nothing to help his quarterback out. And those two things paired together really spelled doom because he was not allowing the strengths of Slovis to accentuate as a rhythm passer, which could then open up the game deep. And that was always the issue for me with that game plan for Frank Signe was why are you not accentuating the strengths of your quarterback? And he wasn't. And that's why play action makes sense too. He's a rhythm thrower. Let him go at it. Work some play action into this game plan. So, the big thing that we're going to have to watch today is for Pitt's offense. Can they have efficiency down the field? And can their offensive line block it up well? Can their receivers separate? Can Slovis get it there accurately? We have seen opportunities, and we haven't really seen them connect. That's Slovis. Slovis had Mumfield, obviously, on the first play against West Virginia in the second half, and he missed him. I mean, there are a lot of things. I think Kanade Mumfield is actually the X factor in this one offensively. Bup means Jaden Bradley. We'll see what they can do. Jalen Barton throwing in there. I would like to see more Jalen Barton this week, your speedster. Let's see what he can do. Um, let's see what the speedster can do. He's had some flashes. Can he get onto the field? We'll see. I would like to see him at least be granted that opportunity to prove himself. So I would like to see him come out. But Kanani Mumfield is the X factor. People are giving Kanani Mumfield a lot of flack. I don't think he's been that bad. In fact, I like a lot of what I've seen from Kanani Mumfield. I think Kanani Mumfield is able to separate. I think he's had a few bad drops, and I think that's been my biggest complaint with him. I think the route running separation part of it, I think it's there. I think Kanani Mumfield has the ability to win all three levels of the football field. I think he's going to be the guy to break it out because here's the thing. Everyone knows about Jared Wayne, and everyone's going to focus on Jared Wayne, and he can do it, sure. But listen, Virginia Tech is not stupid. They're going to know Jared Wayne's the man to watch. So my guy that I would focus on is Kanani Mumfield, and I would try to get it open to Mumfield, get him on a double move, get him in the middle of the field on a post route, allow him to get one-on-one with the corner, and let's see what he can do. I think Kanani Mumfield might be the guy – to break this thing open and be the key for Pitt to get into this. And that's what I would look for. I think you get Keaton Slovis into a rhythm with some intermediate passes later in the game. I think you started out, honestly, the first play, I would throw it deep. I would make that tone be set, and I would make them respect that. And So that's what I would do 
if I were Frank Signetti coming out of that one. All right, let's talk about the Virginia Tech offense, pit defense, and then I'll give my prediction and all of that. But first, folks, we're going to go to a quick break. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast as we are continuing to talk about Pitt, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's offense comes into this one. Having lost a lot of the familiar faces that you all will recognize, and Tavion Robinson is now with Kentucky and Will Levis, Trey Turner's in the NFL. Um, so they have lost a lot of those key members. Raheem Blackshear is gone. Um, there are a lot of key members of this Virginia Tech team that are no longer here. And so you guys will have to get used to some of these new players. Grant Wells is now the quarterback. It's not Braxton Burmeister anymore, and Wells is just a up-and-down floater. I mean, this guy is volatile. Throws picks, makes some great throws, but he's a volatile football player to the max, and that has been certainly something. They have a lot of new uh, offensive linemen on this team. No Lucita Smith, no Brock Hoffman. Um, so a lot of new guys up front as well uh, for this for this Virginia Tech squad. Um, you look at, at some of their playmakers. Keyshawn King has started to gain a little bit of a foothold to me on that running game. Um, he, he's proven himself to be shifty, smart, physical, um, and I like that from Keyshawn King. So I think he's going to be one of those guys to look out for on the offensive side of the football. In terms of receivers, Caleb Smith is your guy 100%. Uh, he is a playmaker. He's the guy that is going to be able to go up and get it. He brings the height. You see Nick Gallo, Stephen Gosnell. Um, there are a few of these players here. But there's not a lot in the way of that receiving core that is super dynamic. This is not a dynamic receiving core. And again, Wells has a strong arm, but very prone to turnovers. And that is something to look out for. Um, he is a guy that certainly has the volatility on the, in the ups and downs to be looking out for. Um, so I look at this offense for Georgia Tech. I think they're going to try and get Caleb Smith involved here. They're going to try and go down the field, try and get Keyshawn King to take some pressure off it. Pitt's run defense has not been super dominant this year, which we are not used to seeing. That's usually one thing you don't have to worry about on any Pitt team, to be quite honest with you. Um, but you do have to worry about that this year. So Keyshawn King is probably going to be a heavy focal point to me of this game plan, rightfully so. He's proven himself uh, over the last few games. And so Virginia Tech, man, this is their put-up-or-shut-up time, too. You, you look, you talk about the loss to Old Dominion earlier in the year. That was a tough loss, but whatever. It doesn't hurt your actual standing in the Coastal. But then they come out, get blown out by West Virginia – get blown out by UNC. They really have not been competitive outside of their win against Boston College. I mean, you look at Power 5 teams, they have blown them out of the building. And so Pitt should be able to win this one. And they should be able to win this one pretty decisively. If we're going to see Pitt as a serious contender in the Coastal Division, and we think that they aren't who they were last week, and that was a flash in the pan, they're going to have to come out here and play a good, solid, fundamental game of football. I'm not asking for them to go through the roof and 
and do everything possible to be perfect. That's probably not going to happen. This is a working process. But you look at this Virginia Tech team. It's a volatile offense that hasn't been able to get truly a lot together consistently. I mean, you look at them in terms of their offense. They only convert about 25% of their third downs. The raw yardage really isn't there um, for them either. They are one of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense in the ACC. One of the one things that they do have is that they're pretty good in the red zone, which is good news for them. They are able to score in the red zone, but they don't get in a lot of trips in the red zone either. So this is a team to me, when you look at Virginia Tech, they try to control the clock a little bit, protect Grant Wells from not making too many mistakes and, I think they're going to try and throw it up a little bit. They're going to try and let him air it out and see what he can do. But when you look at this Virginia Tech team, it's not a good team. Yes, they have some talented guys. Dax Hallfield is still there. I, th- I like their secondary. You look at Amari Chapman, Shamari Connor. There's a lot of good players in that secondary. That's going to be the tough test for Pitt is the fact that this is a pretty good secondary. But Pitt was able to run the football on this team last year. They were able to get a few explosive plays, and so they're going to have to throw the ball deep, come out guns and blazing. It's the way Pitt has to win this football game. I think Pitt will bounce back in this one. I think they will win. I think it'll have a few hiccups, though. I don't think it'll be dominant uh, super early. I think that the, they will eventually find their stride, though. I think they win this game 35-17. to 17. So I do think Pitt will win this one in a semi-comfortable fashion before they go to their bye week, and then we'll head to Louisville on the road for their first road game in the ACC. X-Factor, again, I think it's coming out of Mumfield for Pitt. I think he is the guy that's going to have to unlock that deep passing offense. Keaton Slovis has to play a good game. Frank Zinni has to be adaptable if things are going awry early on. We need to see that change. We need to see that swiftness work its way throughout the offense. And hopefully – we can see some growth from this team and prove that last week was a flash in the pan of just bad and everything racked itself up in that one. All right, folks, as always, thank you for listening. And as we end it, as always, hail to Pitt.